Your mission, Kroll, should you choose to accept it, is to do the Mission Impossible podcast without saying the words mission, impossible, action, cruise. Do you accept? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? This is a very unorthodox start, you hear. Well, that would be the impossible mission. Okay. What is up, Internet? Welcome once again to the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dowd. And today we are going to do something very special for Mission Impossible 5, or as, as they're calling it, Mission Impossible. Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. We're the only people talking about it this week, uh, which is weird. We're, we're, well, we're not the only people. That is true. Why, why is that, Shahir? Well, today we decided... Our mission, should we choose to accept it, and we did, was not Rogue Nation, but significant other na- No, God, that's no oh, significant na- other nations. Na- no, it was bring your wife You're to work day. This. Yeah, yeah. You're butchering <laughs> this. Bring your part a significant other to work day. Right. And today, I brought my significant other. Have I you? Brought, I did. They're they're both right here. Oh wait, look here she is. Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> that's my. That's Robin. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. No, not you. Oh. The audience needs to say it while they're on the subway. It needs to get awkward. Oh. Never mind. And, and also, <laughs> this is my significant other, uh, Shivali Gulev. Hi, everyone. All right. She has the New Zealand accent as well. Yes. Yeah. So that's how you'll be able to tell everyone apart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and why did we do this? Why did why did we do this? Well, we decided that uh, having us sort of talk about this film, and we'll get into it a little bit, like you know we, how how kind of boring it would be <laughs> if we're just talking about this film for various reasons we'll get into. So we wanted to get a fresh perspective, and we wanted to get. Uh, uh, basically, the feminine touch on this sort of uh, on this basic topic about action movies and you know this sort of franchise in general because it's a very I mean the podcast and the movies we do are very boy movies aren't they? Uh, so far, yeah, so yeah. far, and let you know Kung Fury could be uh, you know the story of a no, I'm kidding. Well, just yeah. out of curiosity, do you guys listen to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, have you ever listened <laughs> yes. to this thing? Yes, you I listened have. To us? Yes, I listened to one yesterday. Oh, all right, <laughs> so just well, to get I, I wanted to, to prepare. Right, all right, good well, enough. Wait, 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 now let's put you on the spot. What do you think? <laughs> I liked it because I watched the film. Oh. Uh, what good. one was it? Um, White Wolf. The White, White, Wolf. Wolf. White Wolf. White Wolf. Yeah. White Wolf would have been, been a better, yeah, would have been a better title. Wolf. Yeah. Wolves. <laughs> and, and Robin, you've listened to. Oh, which one was it? So oh, it's so memorable. This is so awkward. It was so the awkward. second one. Oh, the second one. <laughs> now, the second one was a good one. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, so, yeah, basically, oh, number two was the best. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to kind of spice it up a little bit because we could just go back and forth on this, but it's kind of more important to get, I think, other perspectives. If 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 we keep seeing these style of movies, let's get some other perspectives on them. Right. Um, and maybe we'll spice up what we got later on. You what? It was the pigeon one. The pigeon. pigeon. Oh, you're yeah. oh, the, the pigeon one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Robin, I hate to uh, call you out on on your non fandom, but that was number three. Oh, that was number so, three. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk after this. Um, but so let's let's just dive right into it. Uh, let's get sort of let's do sort of how uh, do you want to do it? Well, okay. Here's one thing I want to do is. Everyone go around the room and just tell us what happened in this movie. Just give us a little Ooh. plot description. I think this is going to be a crucial test for Mission Impossible. Okay, and you have, why don't we do this? You, you have, have 10 seconds yeah. to tell us the plot of, yeah. of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? Yeah. And do you want me to go first? No, no, to go no, first? no. Let's, let's, let's go with our guest. Let's be polite host. Okay. Uh, Robin, do you want to? Okay. So basically, Ethan Hunt was um, brought into, or uh, was 
set up to be <laughs> and time beautiful excellent that's, job darling right, that's right, wonderful Shivali. Shivali you're up you're up 10 yeah. seconds on the clock and go alright so the movie opens with Ethan Hunt on a plane and Tom Cruise does this amazing scene then it moves on to Tom Cruise trying to bring down the syndicate blah 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 lots of lots of stuff happening the CIA doesn't like Tom Cruise eventually and there's a big time. ending <laughs> that's pretty that was, good. That's that was pretty decent. good. That, that was pretty decent. Good. Yeah, um, that, that's a good good summary. All right, go. I, okay, I can do this real quick in under ten seconds. It's the same plot as Mission Impossible Four. Is it? It's pretty damn close. You know, you, well, okay. Here's the thing that'll be interesting when I do mine is I have I can't remember what Mission Impossible Four was about. Well, you saw Mission Impossible long. Five, right? Wait, the, what? You saw five. <laughs> you saw this one. It's uh, the same as four. <laughs> everyone's sort of disavowed. Then everyone's sort of not disavowed. Okay, yeah, okay well, so my description is uh, the IMF is disbanded and have to come together to fight a bigger enemy that's going to take over the world. And Ethan Hunt's going to blow, uh, is going to like do some crazy, crazy shiz. That's about it. All right, eight seconds. It, that that's about it. Well, let me, shall I read the plot description from IMDb? Sure. Just so, just so our viewers, sure, listeners, no, hand up. just do it. Ethan and a team take on their most impossible mission yet, eradicating the syndicate, an inter- international rogue organization as highly skilled as they are, committed to destroying the IMF. I think that's actually a... Uh, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's they're not, not accurate. They're not committed to destroying the IMF at all. I don't think they even care who the IMF they are. They really don't. <laughs> yeah. Considering there's four of them. Yeah. For IMF members? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Isn't that could. it? Like, there, no one else is an I- I can't remember the first Mission Impossible. I thought it was a whole, like, sort of secret agency. Like, the Mission Impossible? The Mission Impossible people. Like, there was more agents than just, like, four of them. Yeah, yeah, there is. But but that's changed over time. Yeah, and I think... It, it, and it, it started in the... Like, there is no narrative continuity in this film. They tried to have some narrative continuity between number three and four. Right. Uh, but other than that, it's it's like every time... Every time one of these movies opens, it's all about how the IMF is about to be disbanded. And then, shall we just point out, IMF sounds like a really cool name, like the, you know, well, you know, in real world, the International Monetary Fund. That's but what, what I is, always think. That's but, every single time. time. Yeah. But what does the IMF stand for? I know. I know. Pick me. No, no, no. Wait, wait. I don't know. I mean, the International Monetary Fund. No, in the movie. I know, but that's, <laughs> in my head, that's what I'm always thinking. Is it, I don't know, Impossible Mission Frontiers? Close. <laughs> Very, Very close. close. Impossible Mission Force. <laughs> Which is okay. just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That is the stupidest name ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had the CIA, the FBI, and then they were like, let's make another one. The IMF. <laughs> the Impossible Mission Force. So, I mean, I think one of the big things about this film is no one's going to see it for the plot. Right. It's why you never go to a Mission Impossible. Right. Like, no one's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens to Ethan Hunt. Like, you you say, I want to see what crazy tall thing Tom Cruise is dangling off this week. Like, that's. (laughs) And you never think of him as Ethan Hunt. You only think of him as Tom Cruise. (laughs) It is. It's very true. Yeah, you're right. They should just rename it the Tom. His character should be called Tom Cruise. And he's an actor who happens to be a spy. He should take (laughs) off one of those masks and it's just him underneath (laughs) the exact face. And it's Tom Cruise the entire time. Right, right. Um, so that's sort of this interesting sort of place we're, we're getting to. Um, and you might, you might argue that action movies have sort of been like that for a while. Like I can't remember, say Arnold's name in commando. Like, I don't know the character's name. Was it McLean? 
It maybe sure. <laughs> um, but like then you have then you have certain other ones no, like no, John McClane's Die, Die Hard, Hard, and yeah. you get that because it. But it, you see him as John McClane. That's a huge difference. That's that, yeah. This is a really that's a good point. Is that they these films have no characters. They, it's it's Jeremy Renner, Alec Baldwin, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, Tom. Do you, and and that woman who can beat up Tom Cruise. Well, the woman. <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Swedish. Rebecca girl. Ferguson. Yeah, Swedish actress. Uh, she could be. I, I only know her in this movie, so she's that character to me. I don't remember her name in the movie. Ilsa Foss. Oh, Ilsa. Oh, God. How do you guys remember that? She's the only it was, a, it was a memorable movie. Ah, well, then there's, we're going to get into that in a little bit, yeah. too, yeah. Uh, because there's been a, a sort of, we've, we've well, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get there yet. But, uh, <laughs> so all of these characters, with the exception of Ilsa, uh, are just these people that we know and like watching do stuff. Uh, I mean, I liked watching Elsa too, but I haven't seen her in anything else. I'm saying like Simon Pegg is funny. We like Simon Pegg and things. Uh, Ving Rhames, I mean, he's he's very likable, but I I don't remember his character name in Luther. The... I remember it. Luther. Yeah, but okay. only because we watched the first one last night. Oh, uh, so they keep, they say it like three times to try to. Get <laughs> yeah, it yeah, brain. it's Candyman. Um. So yeah. So what? I guess my question to the panel hmm. is: Is this a trend that we're comfortable with it's happened before but i feel like more and more these days it's happening with these action movies that like non-comic book action movies where it's like oh it's just this guy like oh it's jason statham in his jason statham movie yeah. oh it's you know this that, and the other thing tom cruise especially like is this okay where it's like we're going for more of the spectacle and not for any sort of plot or you know well anything more important yeah i i I'll I'll just sit it up and then we'll hand it over. But I I kind of think that that's the I think that is the case. And I think there's something interesting if you look at the marketing of this movie before before it comes out. There's a whole you you'll see a lot of publicity about how great a dude Tom Cruise is, and then you'll see a lot of publicity about oh my god he does his own stunts, and it's all about Tom. This this whole franchise is about yeah. Tom Cruise. Is Agreed. he leaving Scientology? Is he you know that's a question mark. You know, but but so with that in mind. How do you guys feel about Tom Cruise? I mean, I often feel like a, this was the first movie where I actually looked at him and I went, oh, he's kind of getting a little old there. <laughs> this is the first time I ever thought that. And I think it's very smart of him to stay as relevant as possible and for him to to make a huge publicity out of him doing his own stunts is very, very smart because, you know... It, the other reason I think like the Expendables, you know, where it's just a bunch of like has-beens getting together. Oh, to, whoa, know, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, has-beens. <laughs> you know what I mean. Has-beens? <laughs> Aging action stars. There you go. Oh, there wow. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Cruise has been able to not be part of that just because he has been able to say to do these incredible feats still at this age. Or whatever age he is, I don't even know. So, anymore. so you like that about him? I really, really like that about him. And okay. I know that, and like, there's so much publicity about him about being like a, a good guy. Like, the, whoever his PR team is, amazing. Yeah. Because who he is outside of the movies makes you want to watch his movies. How do you feel, Shivali? Now, this is interesting <laughs> because all I remember about his publicity is the Oprah. If we looked at the history of bad PR moves, that might be one yeah, of them. And, and that's what I think about when I think about Tom Cruise as a person. And I, I, I apologize for even thinking like that because I shouldn't be think, you know, <laughs> relying on what's happening in the media to make my judgments on people. But I actually just I really like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I love watching Tom Cruise movies. 
We watched Jerry Maguire the other day and it was just so much fun. Yeah. I love Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. I actually don't care about Mission Impossible. Yeah. I, right. I have, I, no. Not at all. I go to see these movies because Tom Cruise is in them. Really? That's, so, so exactly. not... That's the only reason I'm seeing this. I don't feel the same way about um, James Bond. Yeah. I like the right. whole story. You know, I like mm-hmm. that. But with Mission Impossible... I want to go see Tom Cruise. Right. I think he's a great actor. And so you, you could see Tom Cruise in any movie. Yes. Right. Pretty happily, actually. Well, yeah. see, I I'm I kind of fall in the same camp with this. Like, mm. and I like everyone knows I like me some action movies, but like this is one and this franchise in general, I have I don't have any vested interest. I don't care about any of the characters. I don't like, and you're right. You're absolutely right, Travelli. It's different with Bond for whatever reason, because the only real character that's like his team he works with and and James Bond himself. There's no other real sort of continuity about it, but there's definitely some sort of there's something special about the 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 Bondiverse or whatever you want to call it, like that actually like oh I'll see this really no matter who's being Bond, yeah. but like if someone's like if Tom Cruise is like I'm not being Ethan Hunt anymore and uh, oh Mark Wahlberg here you go why don't you give this a whirl I'd be like uh, you know, yeah could could this Mission Impossible franchise exist without Tom no. Cruise no 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 absolutely definitively not, not. No. I mean because I feel like Jeremy Renner. In some, I mean, I Which feel like he's trying to do for the Bourne's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's trying to get in on terribly. anybody. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I could be Bourne. I could be Ethan Hunt. He you should know? just stick with Hawkeye, man. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I mean, I like Tom Cruise as an actor. I think he's, I like the one thing I do really like about Tom Cruise is I never feel like he, I never feel like he's just there. I always feel like he brings whatever A game he's got. Sure, you know, like he'll br- well, Except actually, honestly, this might be the first time where I'm starting to feel like uh, he's just kind of collecting a paycheck. I mean, he's still like when it comes to the stunts and everything, he's like 100% committed. But the rest of the and it may just be a factor of the writing in this film is like Ethan Hunt doesn't feel like for a lot of the a lot of the runtime of the film, Ethan Hunt is just kind of there, you know, like only towards the end, only towards the action scenes. Does he really sort of come alive? Otherwise, he's just kind of there. Well, let's talk about this. Why the, why the movie actually works is because it's 80% action scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I, I don't think I've seen a film lately with more... Mad even Max, Mad, Mad no, no, Max. But Mad Max, Mad Max has quiet moments that still, granted, they're driving still. Things are still, quote unquote, moving. But but this movie is just like action sequence, action sequence, action sequence. Like maybe maybe like a minute or a minute and a half of some sort of dialogue. Then, oh, big set piece, action sequence, action. Like, and they all sort of bleed into each other. Uh, and I, I don't think per minute per the film, I don't think I've seen something that's been this action heavy. And I think basically they're leaning on their strength. Top people want to go see Tom Cruise. And that's a smart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people that are that that like like most of us in this room that are just like, oh, we like him as an actor. We'll see anything with him. And then to get people that don't necessarily give a crap about Tom Cruise because I'm sure they're out there. They're like, oh, did you see that he hung off the tallest building in Dubai? Like, go see that. And you're like, oh, all right. Like, so they're they're really. It's a it's a it's a nexus of interest, and I think they're very smart in doing that. But I have to admit, I I struggled through this film whenever there was an action happening, and there there were a few. Like I remember in the uh, right after the first action sequence, before uh, and just so everyone knows, we do this every time, but we're going to spoil the whole movie. Oh yes. Uh, but like uh, right after the first action sequence, and then between that and the and the underwater sequence, mm-hmm. the, 
There's a fairly long period of them just trying to figure out what's happening. But they intercut that with sort of failed action sequences, as they do in these movies. When they're planning stuff, it's like, oh, we could do this, and we could go through the vent. Oh, but then they'll catch us here. But you're seeing the characters doing these failed action sequences, which I like seeing. I I like, but I I did, I struggled through the film in in those parts. And And I struggled through the film when they were, like, discussing what the syndicate was and what, you know, like, so... Here's yeah. another thing. In ter- so, Shivali, you don't care about the Mission Impossible films, but if if you were to rank the Mission Impossible films, like where would you, you know, what's your favorite, what's your least favorite? You don't have to remember them all because they all blend into one. Or better yet, could you? Could like, you rank Because that's the other thing. Like they might not be memorable enough to do so. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so I actually just watched the first one last, last night just to refresh myself. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. I remember I quite liked uh, Mission Impossible 4. That's the, the building one. Yep. And that's, that's all I remember. <laughs> the building one. Really the remember. building that's, one. That's how I refer to it. And I, um, Shahir and I were talking about it, and he said he really liked Mission Impossible 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really... I, I, I can't remember it, so... <laughs> yeah. it. And I don't remember 2 either, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very interesting. It's like, um, you know, you talked about the quiet moments, and there were very few of them, but... The, where Mad Max differs is that in those quiet moments, it had a lot of emotional weight to it. And then the quiet moments in Mission Impossible here doesn't have any. But in the last one, I remember there was a whole wife plot. Yeah. Or his wife was gone or wasn't really gone or he had to stay away from his wife. Something something about so, so that. The, yeah. We'll, we'll talk I, about I that. I do remember that because there was an emotional tie there. Yeah. But other than that, all I remember is him dangling, dangling off of a building. Yeah. And that's all I remember about yeah. it. Uh, Yeah. I would say if I had to put them in an order from what I remember, it would be uh, four, five, one. No, no, I'm sorry. Four, three, five, one, two. Right. In best to worst. I think I would go. Everyone hates two. Two is the one where he first had the long hair. That's the John John Woo. John Woo did it. I think Uh, I would go three, one, four, five, two. Okay. Interesting. The, the, the. I just remember in two, there's a scene, and maybe it, I just, everyone's like when he grew his hair out, and everyone's like, eh. but like there's a scene where they're like <laughs> driving, so they're driving yeah. uh, at each other on motorcycles, <laughs> and they do like this, like they both hit the brakes at the same time, <laughs> and they both go up on the front wheel and spin and like hit each other with their back wheel, and, and they're firing guns at each and other, and they're firing guns, and it's just like John Woo, like no one reigned John Woo in, yeah, and it's not impressive at all, like the building. Or or the plane or any of the stuff in this film because it's just like it's almost like this weird sort of trying to be macho motorcycle dance and it's mm-hmm. awful. Did Jamu also do face off? Yeah, he yeah. did face off. Uh, that's a very face off kind of thing to yep. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, John Woo's got his. He has his, a style. He has a style, and I think it works in certain stories. And yeah. I think and it, the Mission Impossible was a testament to the fact that John Woo doesn't necessarily translate well into other other right. films that aren't in the John Woo kind of universe. Right. And so, I, but I love three, and I think I think three. Three is, has the strongest story. That's with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. It has the strongest villain mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you like in most of these, you don't remember who the villain is or care what no. they want. It's always some sort of plot. It's either it's either a file or uh, or a um, back virus or something like sure. that. Sure. And what's great about three? three it, 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 okay, so J.J. Abrams directed three, and I think it's the best film thing that J.J. Abrams directed. Oh. Um, I uh, might agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe other than the lost pilot. pilot yeah, yeah. You know, Touché. Other, yeah, other than that. But then, you know, that's the apple and oranges kind of lost. thing. Lost the the show. Lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Or did, or did you think I said The Lost Pilot? <laughs> yeah, you thought the movie was called The Lost Pilot. I saw I Robin thought, shaking her head, and it was like, we're watching, thought, we're rewatching that. Pilot, and I was like, I never saw that Oh, movie. you never saw The Lost, Lost Pilot? pilot? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's about this pilot. Welcome he gets to lost. the only <laughs> podcast about The Lost Pilot. But that's actually true, because yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The the thing that, that J.J. Abrams brought to Mission Impossible was real stakes. Like, so the whole thing in, in part three was that uh, Ethan Hunt was about to get married and he was about to leave his whole life behind. And just like Vito, you know, Al Pacino in Godfather 3, just when he thinks he's out, they pull him back in. And there's real stakes to it because, because Philip Seymour Hoffman's whole threat is I'm going to kill your wife. Um, which is great. It's 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 really like, it, it makes it tense. And, and for the first time, you feel like Ethan Hunt has something to lose. Like, where in these films, I just feel like he's like, oh, I'm going to go dangle off a building. Oh, I'll do that. I'm going to... He could lose the world, Shahir. I don't, I don't think he cares. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think he... he, he yeah, he just, he's just there. Um, and I... What... So, uh, Ghost Protocol kind of, like, tried to tie those two together, where the whole thing with Ghost Protocol is that he is now basically, high, you know, like, a ghost so that his wife can't get hurt, which is the final beat of the there film. Go, yeah. Um, I, I don't think Ghost Protocol works as well for me because uh, the who cares about what the villain wants in that movie? And there's no stakes involved anymore because the whole plot of that film has nothing to do with his wife anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so my thing with uh, MI5, what we just watched, the problem here is the record store girl. Do you remember the record store yeah, girl? Yeah. yeah. Like the record store girl is kind of like what pisses Ethan Hunt off the whole time because the big bad. So so the, just, to, just to explain it, at the beginning of the film, Ethan Hunt walks into a record store in Prague, I think it is, or somewhere. And he's wanting to, you know, he's, he's getting his mission file with a, you know, and they hand him a record. And this woman is there who is this young girl. She goes, I can't believe it's you. Did, they, did you really do the things they say you did? Right. And he doesn't say anything. He goes in. And it turns out that the record, uh, the mission is actually from the syndicate and it's a trap and he gets gassed. And outside the record booth where he's being held, the leader of the syndicate cruelly and coldly shoots the record store girl. And Ethan gets pissed off and he's like, you know, and in fact, it's mentioned later on in the film that yeah. the record store girl. Here's my thing. If you want to make this film work. Have the record replace the record store girl with Bridget Monaghan or Michelle Monaghan. Have the record store girl be replaced by his wife. Like have his wife in that scene and kill her off and then you can have a movie. Yeah, and the, I, you know, I get the stakes of that, but at the same time, then it's just the, it's, I mean, I don't want to bring this whole nonsense <laughs> up because we could go down into this, but then it's the whole like women in refrigerators trope. Oh yeah, I like, mean, oh look, this film is 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 trading on that whole thing. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not, this is not a feminist action film in any are you, way. Are you both familiar with that, the, the women in refrigerators? Mm-mm. Uh, so the, what? It, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably going to butcher this. But it's basically when women are only used as a motivation to oh, yeah. uh, to further along the the man's sort of whatever. And the reason it's women in refrigerators. What film was it? Um, I got, I got it was some. It was some awful movie that like the 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 main guy finds like pieces of his girlfriend or whatever in a fridge, and it's like, oh, that's the only that's it's, the it's, only time you see this woman, and she's already. It's the main motivation for Christopher Nolan's films. And you know? for John Wick, it was the puppy. Yeah. And, and John, yeah, I mean, that's, we could get into that. Yeah, but I, I just, I think the problem with this film is that there's no, like, Ethan Hunt is just he doing his job. Yeah, right. He's, <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Well, let's actually, let me ask you guys this, and, and either can jump in. Uh, 
as far as the villain of this film, because I feel like, again, a lot of times when these action movies, the plot of the movie is only as strong as sort of the villain that they let you throw so throw, throw it up against in a lot of cases. The syndicate, and not necessarily the main dude who talks like this. He talks like, like I'm he's got that raspy. I'm also that <laughs> German, and I will speak Did softly. Did you notice the, the whole, like, why is it always the Germans? No, but it was, like, this film really plays on, like, the evil... You know, like even evil he's militaristic. Evil, he's evil militaristic German Steve Jobs is yeah. really what he is in this film. Did he wear a turtleneck? He, he had he did, yeah, he wore yeah, a turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. it was missing was him like stroking a cat and he yeah. would have gotten into like Dr. Evil territory. <laughs> right. But like the syndicate. Did the syndicate feel dangerous? No. They talk about it. They talk about the things. The they syndicate. talk about how dangerous the syndicate is. How many syndicate members do we see? So I thought it was dangerous in the way, like, when I thought IMF stood for International Monetary <laughs> Fund. So I thought it was evil in the way I was like, oh, shit, like, they could really, like, break down the whole entire world economy. Like, that's when I thought it was dangerous. Sure. But what do they want? Like, like it's talked about that they're basically a force of disorder. Like, but, 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 but why? You know, like. Because they... I show all the articles that um, Ethan Hawke collects. Ethan Hawke? <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Tom Cruise. I, I got it half right. Yeah. yeah. You know, they show the articles that, you know, the syndicate are responsible for the Sure, sure. Know. But what do they want? Like what are they what are, like they, they they assassinate the money? The, the, money the, isn't that what everyone wants. Do they want money? No, it they have money. money. No, they but, have money. No, but they still wanted money. That's the thing. <laughs> the, what I gathered from this was their they were, and I'm going to spoil how the syndicate came to be because no one really cares. cares. <laughs> it was a secret British sort of thing where they funneled money to this thing called the syndicate that just in case everything went to hell, they had like a thing to sort of like help. No, control. no, it, was it? it was, it was, it was a simulation. They were like, well, this would be what would happen if there was an organization. Oh, great. And then, it, yeah, then it turned into the organization yeah. they were trying to simulate. MI5, MI5 set this up. Right. So, uh, thanks. Tie into the thanks, title. British. Yeah. Um, so, then so they had all this money floating around and and then they could be able to do all these things but their end game was to get the rest of the funds for this simulation but in real life like because they they'd set this like trillions of dollars aside yeah because no uh. one's missing that uh and like it was all on oh, these right. um in these accounts listed in this right. top secret thing and blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> like and i'm not going to get into the validity or the importance or if what if the tech it sounds in, in, silly as soon as you say it out yeah, loud the it tech in mission impossible has never made sense they make masks that like look mm. exactly like human skin yeah. and they have camera things in your eye and they have the, the, the one i like this one around was the flip top book that could turn into a laptop. Yep, I yeah. like that. In mm -hmm. the fourth one, I liked uh, when Simon Pegg's sneaking around yeah, and it's the, the mirror. projector mirror thing yeah, in the hallway. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah. And I also really liked, this was one that I thought could actually exist, the lock thing they used in yeah. this one. It was like a touchpad lock. It was like lock, Splinter Cell. And you <laughs> put the key up and it brought the tumblers in to hit the But what was kind of funny is if that was in real life, and I know they had to show it because you wouldn't be able to tell, there'd be no LED screen showing you the tumblers because you don't know And who's building these apps? So the point is... Nobody cares about the story. No one cares about the syndicate. And for that to be like, especially... It was so funny when I saw the trailer. Did you watch the trailer for this? Yeah, and uh, can I tell you what I thought the film was going to be about? Sure. Was the idea that there was like a, a flip side to the MI5, and and what I was get, what I was excited about to see the flip side to the MI5 was kind of like there's this great scene in Shaun of the Dead where like all the guys are running around and they meet like their exact opposites right. and they look the same but they're different. And I was like, oh, we're gonna see like 
the same but different Ethan Hunt and the same but different Luther and the same yeah. but different Simon Pig. Yeah, it was so that would have been good. That would have been good. I, <laughs> I just, don't know if that would have been MI6. good. MI6. In my sex, yeah. 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 I thought I just thought Lauren Hill was cashing a paycheck when I saw the trailer. Oh yeah, with uh, the, the song, yeah. But yeah, the gonna find you. Um the I just I, I saw it and, and when the second they're like Alec Baldwin's like, no one has ever been able to prove the syndicate exists. And you're like, uh okay. <laughs> like the whole thing was setting up this big scary thing, but I knew because of the way they set it up that it would not be big and it would not be scary. Like it just felt very hollow to me in the trailer. Yeah. And to the point where I actually, until the end when Tom Cruise is hanging off the thing, I was just like watching. I'm like, I'm not seeing this, which goes back to what we've all sort of said before, where it's like, oh, we're going to this because of Tom Cruise. Right. There's no other reason to go. Yeah. And and one of the functions here, one of the problems here is that story is completely secondary to action in this film. You know, like we we've kind of talked a little bit about Terminator a lot, Mad Max and stuff. and, And, you know, one of the things we talked about was the idea that story happens through action you know like you know basically we we find out what's happening because of the action right. in in this film story is completely secondary to action and a really good point is, is if i was in the edit room of this film i really think and and, and say this film wasn't part of a franchise or you know this was, film wasn't part of a franchise it was just a, okay thank you and and it was just a standalone film say this film was a standalone film this film was a standalone film thank you okay. and um <laughs> I would cut that first scene. The, the oh yeah, the scene yeah. on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you it, would cut that scene completely. Like, and and just say you didn't spend twenty million dollars and hang your whole marketing campaign on that scene. You would cut that scene because it has no purpose in this. No film. purpose in the story. But yeah. you know what was amazing, and I loved this about it. I loved that that was in the first ten minutes of the movie, yes. and it had nothing to do with the plot because it was the biggest moment in the trailer. Yeah. It made me pay mm. attention to that, and what I would have been doing while watching this movie was being like, "When's the fucking plane coming?" Yeah. Like I would have kept thinking right. that, but yeah. they got it out of the way, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, all right, yeah, I'm on this right." Because then I was trying to think when we were watching it, Robin. I was like. Do I remember any other action beat from this trailer? No, nope, yeah, it was no. the only one you remember. And like, there's a huge, there's a 20 minute motorcycle chase. I, I don't remember that in the trailer. I'm sure it was there. Yeah. What I what I liked is that they keep the spoiler alert. They keep, I think, the best action sequence out of the trailer, which is the underwater sequence. I think the underwater sequence is really cool, but it's stupid. But in, in for a sense <laughs> right. of a trailer, it's just, it just doesn't really. It's not that as appealing as hanging off a plane. No, of course not. And it's and it's much more CGI looking and much more right. virtual. And like the whole thing with the with that plane scene is that they want to sell. Hey, Tom Cruise dangle from a plane. But but it's a really unless they I, showed him dying, you know, the, in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be an interesting marketing campaign. I just I you know like it is an interesting testament that 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 the mission of possible franchise outside of film one and three for me are entirely built out of their PR campaigns. Like nobody cares about what the film is. It's entirely about the PR campaign to get people into the, into the, into the theater. And it's brilliant. I think it's very, very well done because Tom Cruise is brilliant outside of his movies that he makes. Yeah. So like, I guess, so this sort of brings us back to sort of the state of action movies in general. Uh, And Ladies, do you? I mean, I I think I know the answer to some of this, but like Shivali, do you do you generally like action movies? Like, will you if you see something like is it like oh I'll go check that out? Is it just based on like the preference of the individual film? Um, I I normally like to see films with actors that I like. Yeah, 
But but what about action movies? I mean, like, or does it no, matter? That's what yeah. I mean, specifically yeah. for action movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, like it's so you'll more go, about I'm attracted to the actor. Gotcha. Right, right. Because so, so, yeah. you haven't seen Mad Max yet. And I haven't seen it. Everyone yeah. keeps telling me I should. It's but, amazing. But, but, but you wouldn't, ordinarily you wouldn't go see it because... because Tom Hardy or because Charlize Theron. Yeah, I mean, I like Charlize Theron, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then Robin, what about... What about you? Well, I think that's an interesting premise is that I think a lot of action movies are based on the actors themselves. And so you go to see not only you see the actor that you really like doing cool stuff. Right. And so I always I'm a huge fan of action movies just for that purpose. I like and I like that's why I like summer is because I like going to big theaters and sitting in air conditioning and just watching shit blow up. Popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I think that like. You're you're both right on that on the actor kick. What one thing that's sort of changing now, especially with the Marvel nonsense and all that stuff, like they're they're now trying to, and I think they're succeeding in a sense of making these comic book action movies about the character more. Like, granted, they've they've Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark are the same person. And Mm. the reason Iron Man works is because Robert Downey Jr. plays him, but also because even in the character that's written is just like Robert Downey Jr. Like, it's all works. It's all in the casting. Yeah. um, And Tom Cruise was going to play that part for a long time. Was going to play Iron Man? He was was cast as Iron Man and turned it down. The whole film was written around uh, Tom Cruise being I got the Ethan Hunt thing going on. I'm doing okay, guys. Well, I, that's it. Sort of interesting. So now let's let's if that's the case, let's sort of spin that. Like we all would have gone to see Iron Man because Tom Cruise was in it, but he doesn't have the same kind of like irreverent swagger. I think right. His swagger is very reverent. I think his his swagger is very earnest. We're talking about Jerry Maguire. Like, he's got swagger in that movie, but it's all like, oh, he really cares about everything. Right. Whereas whereas Robert Downey Jr., when he's doing his quips and his sort of, like, cool stuff, he's, like, uh, blowing shit up, and he has a glass of scotch. He's like, to peace. And it's like, he's cool because he doesn't care, Mm -hmm. quote, unquote. Yeah, But does this kind of, like, lead into a question about, like, what is acting in a way? Because like, because in all the cases that we've just talked about, we're talking about how the real life persona relates to the character. Like n- none of these, we're talking about people like, you know, like taking on a role and immersing themselves in something completely different. We're talking about just like how, how, and I think that's what cast, maybe that's what, that, casting, is, that's what casting is, you know? I mean, well, Matt made a really great point when we saw Southpaw together. Uh, mm. We walked out the theater and Matt said, well, Forrest Whitaker did an amazing Forrest Whitaker. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it was but great. That's so many actors, like you just watch them to be themselves. So let's pose this question because I can't think of one. Is there an action movie that we can think of that we that we like that is not based around a a character that is sort of not perfectly cast, but like they're... Not the way Robert Downey Jr. is cast for Iron Man because he's the same as Tony Stark. I'm saying, is there a character in an action movie where they cast who does an amazing performance as someone that you can't recognize? The anti-Jeff Goldblum, if you will. Hmm. Like, is there... Because Jeff Goldblum <laughs> plays Jeff Goldblum in every movie, which is fine because I love Jeff Goldblum. That's funny because yeah. I always... And every time I see Jeff Goldblum, I just think the fly. Yeah, see, I, like, I, I think, can't get that image out of Ian my Malcolm, head. I think Malcolm, but yeah. the same, okay. same difference. He's cool. So, all. like, what... Like I think uh, my my pick would be, and I'm not sure if this is answering the question, but Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park really isn't an action movie, though. Really? 
Yeah, I think I it's a. I think that. it's. I think it's a really good action movie in that it it it's one of those ones where action through story. Where the dinosaurs play themselves. Yeah, no, but I think Sam Neill's character is not is an action hero that's not based on who Sam Neill is. I th- I think he's very similar to Sam Neill and other and every other thing I've seen Sam Neill. I'm I'm having a little bit of a breakdown now because now I'm sort of well, the Sam question. Sam Neill is in Peaky Blinders and he plays like a he plays a cop that is very not Sam Neill. So yeah. Like I, I, one actor that I can I can honestly and I'm I'm wow I'm blanking on his name but I can picture him uh, oh uh what, yeah here we go one actor that I think has been in action movies he's never been the main guy but he's always someone different in every film is Gary Oldman sure Gary Oldman is an actor and I go to see Gary Oldman but it's I never romance. see Gary Oldman like even even in even in uh dark Knight nonsense like commissioner yeah. gordon i was yeah. like I, I didn't know how he was going to play that because he just didn't feel that way to me and like oh there he is he's yeah. unrecognizable in true romance as well true romance yeah. uh even there dracula was, i love him in dracula. dracula there was even remember the bmw films do you any yeah there, I, I, I used to teach those films yeah yeah the the so the like, short films yeah right? the, the short, BMW films. short films. there was one where like uh is that clive owen was in those yeah clive owen so was the driver clive owen was the driver in all these bmw was gary oldman in those gary oldman played the devil in the one where he made a deal with the devil to I think that's the, the James Brown one. That, I think that's the James Woo film, actually. The, the John Woo film. And it's nuts. Like, anyway, the point is, Gary Oldman <laughs> is an actor that sort of can can do that. And his films aren't necessarily action movies. So I'm wondering if the real draw, I mean, the side draw is always the action and the explosions and, oh, my God, that looks cool. But that's not getting us really into the theaters. Yeah, I. It's the people, right? It's the and it it goes to show how tough it is, and we're specifically talking about the American summer movie audience, right? right? And it goes to show how tough it is to break into that into that world if you're not a mainstream movie star in a franchise, you know, with recognizable. It's tough to break in because I think, like, for example, the Raid, you know, the, yep. the Indonesian film, sure. which did very well should play but you know should play in this in this realm and it would play better than most of the films that we talked about other than you know other than the fact that Judge Dredd came out at the same time and had the same story yeah um, well Keith Urban actually is another good example of a Carl Urban. Tra- oh sorry Carl I'm, I'm really enjoying Carl. the fact that we're mentioning a lot of New Zealanders so far Sam yeah. Neill and Carl Urban that's two that's we've two. mentioned two hey 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 that's enough <laughs> and we got two in the room right now so I'm good <laughs> um yeah so like well I think for instance, uh, Dread, when it came out, didn't do well at all. And that was a movie where an actor completely transformed himself into the action role, and it had great action, and it was a good plot, and the effects were good, but no one gave a shit. What's, mm. What year did that come out? 2011, 2012? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's, a couple, it's a few years ago, and it's really good. It's excellent. Yeah. Like, and and I don't know. that. So maybe that's it. Maybe there is this something to this. Like, I've never sort of broken it down. I've always been like, yeah, like you can do anything with anybody. But I don't know if I mean, we talked can. about we talked we talked about Jurassic World. And the, to me, the only reason Jurassic World survives and I think it's a terrible, a pretty bad movie. The only reason it really hangs together is Chris Pratt. Yeah. And I didn't, I had no interest in seeing Jurassic World whatsoever. But then once I heard that Chris Pratt was starring in it, then I went, oh. Well, then I have to go see it. And well, I didn't know that I liked him that much until that moment. What are we learning? We're learning that we're very easily swayed yeah, by the perceptions a- of who an actor Image. is. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, is why when uh, whenever there's an actor scandal, I can imagine every studio 
having to like run in and do damage control on a major yes. way because it's because it's a major impact on your financial asset. You know, so which is why, you know, Tom Cruise's success has to be attributed to the fact that for the most part, he probably keeps his head out of the scandal, you know, out of scandals, even though he's involved in some. Um, and, and you know, ties closely to the films he chooses. You know, I, I have this thing which I think that uh, an actor at that level, they're, you know, we, we know that they're at a certain talent level where they can, you know, act. And Tom Cruise is a very good actor. Sure. Um, but, like, your real skill set there is being able to pick good movies. And if you think about Tom Cruise versus someone like John Travolta, you know, like, Tom Cruise can pick really good movies, you know, in amongst, you know, he picks franchises that work for him. John Travolta, not necessarily so, you know, like, I mean, the whole battlefield. Earth. I mean, he just banked off the 90s. Yeah. You well, know? John Travolta, film and here's, he just rolled with it. Here's, so, so it's to me, what's important there is picking the right roles for you. And I think Matt Damon does a good job of that. You know, like people, you know. You know Matt like Damon was down and out until the born. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. a good, you know, like it, your ability to pick good franchises for you. What else has Matt Damon been in lately? I mean. We other, bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. Yeah. Interstellar. The Martian coming up. Yeah, well, none of the Martians coming up, but yeah. then there was Elysium, which was meh. Yeah. There was Interstellar, which he was the, the dumbest, the one. dumbest character in Interstellar. I like. That. No, it was terrible. That was awful. No, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. We've, oh, wow, I feel like I'm about to be beat up here. We, but let's get, let's get into this. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Interstellar, Shavali? Yeah, I loved Interstellar. Yeah, I had a lot of problems with Interstellar, but the main problem I had was this <laughs> Matt Damon's character. For those of you who don't know. Uh, basically, they're they've already done this super super long distance travel that's aged people back on Earth like his daughter the uh, mm -hmm. uh, what, Matt, yeah. what, the main character's yeah, daughter yeah, yeah, is older yeah. now and is sacrificing all this stuff to find hope for humanity and they run into the the doctor that they were looking for who's stranded on this other sort of exoplanet and then for no real good reason they get into a fist fight. The two main characters, one of which Matt Damon, Matt Damon instigates a fist fight and starts basically headbutting and punching uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and it's just like, this is the fate of humanity and you guys are rolling around on this place. It just felt so like. But that's so human too. Yeah. I mean, I, to really think about it. It's and, so and human also to the, forget the, about that uh, and, and the just idea, think about your own crap. And the idea was there that Matt Damon's character had pushed the button when he shouldn't have because he was weak, and now he's trying to, like, backtrack. But here's the thing, too. It's like <laughs> yeah, his spacesuit can survive, like, all these wormholes or black holes and everything like that, but then it takes Matt Damon three headbutts, and all of a sudden his... Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was an issue yeah, too. Yeah, come on. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, what's what I think is funny is that we have completely forgotten about Mission Impossible because the story is so irrelevant. Well, Shivali said this to me last night, which was like, "What are we going to talk about like for an hour for this movie?" And that, and that's that's true, right? Well, like, there's a problem. Like, I mean, again, I think we summed it up when we had everyone do ten seconds of what the plot is. Yeah, the plot of this movie is irrelevant. But uh, is the plot the most? And, and we've we've established that the plot is not the reason we go see these films. So so if the reason we go see these films is to see shit blow up, should we go see this film? I don't even think seeing the, these films. The, I don't think that's the point anymore. I don't think seeing shit blow up is the point anymore. I think it's seeing people Tom, we like doing cool stuff. Yeah, Tom, seeing Tom Cruise do things. Well, and I think too, like um, <laughs> that's what they should name Mission Impossible Six. <laughs> see Tom Cruise do things. Like ten years ago, you didn't. There weren't a lot of action movies out there. Like the the really high end action films were not making any money. It was all about the gritty stories. Like given the the the, the signs of the time, like given the war we were in, economic 
you know, yeah. turmoil we were all in. Like that just wasn't playing to the market. There was a while where the big action movie was dead. But the nineties yeah. when we were doing really, really well it was in the Arnold. world, it was, it was yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was all yeah. blow him up and shoot him up. Come on, do it. Yeah. Get to the chopper. Do it now. Come on, kill me. So my thing with this film, Mission Impossible, the one that we came to talk about. Oh, the was, one we're the only people talking about. Yeah, yeah. Was that I I, I generally, yeah, anything talky I felt had no stakes and I was kind of generally bored, which is a shame because I like Mission Impossible 3 mm-hmm. for the exact opposite reason. But the action sequence in the middle, like there's a, there's a back-to-back action sequence where they go underwater and then they're on motorbikes. I thought that was pretty cool and it was like it was a weird experience because i was kind of generally bored through the first half and then perked up hmm. after that scene and i and it was probably enough to carry me through the film but i don't know if that's enough to recommend people go see it it's 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 it, it had me more i had more attention than i did during jurassic world or oh, terminator really? or terminator genesis really yeah but but I, I don't. I guess I, I care about those worlds more, and yeah. that's why I. I feel like I'm going to be a hypocrite if I say that that this you should go see this film for those two action scenes because I, I kind of said the opposite in those. No, yeah. Shahir, I, no one would call you that. <laughs> except, except no one would call you that. In fact, if you just want to say it right now, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Ooh, there's tapping. That's interesting too. It's like um, I hated Terminator Genesis. I really really hated it because yeah. of. Yeah. The 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 guy the guy was terrible. What's his name? Jai Courtenay. Yeah. Now imagine if Tom Cruise had played that role. <laughs> then I would watch it and I'd probably like it a lot better. Yeah. But because he is so terrible, he could not carry that film whatsoever. But just because Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, like I want to watch this. I don't I don't give a shit about the plot. Yeah. Uh, you Shavali, you said something about his about Tom Cruise's aging. <laughs> Well, I think he looks great for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope you look like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How, how's it look? Well, here's an interesting thing. We found out that Tom Cruise was my age when he did the first Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. <laughs> but he looked like 18 in that movie. He, and, he did look at yeah. yeah. 30, 34. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. Hey, I mean. There's a funny, like, if anyone's listening to this right now, and I'm, and you and why wouldn't you be? Um, go no to, one's there. Go to the IMDb page, and, and you'll see that, um, look up Tom Cruise, who is born in 1962, <laughs> and then click on Christopher McQuarrie, who's the director of the film, who's born in 1968. Right. So he's younger, and looks like 10 years older than. Well, look at Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin is older than Tom Cruise, but yeah, yeah, they look. It's it's just a weird thing that he's like reverse. He's a. I I think as a as a product, you know, like he is protecting his number one asset, which sure. is that he is. Still physically capable of doing these kinds mm-hmm. of films. Mm. He still looks great. I, I I think there's an interesting thing in this movie, which is that he is starting to look a little older, and the film kind of like just a little bit touches on that. Yeah. And I wish it had. I I think this film would have been much more interesting to me if they had gone if they decided that that was what the film was about. Yeah. Well, I also enjoyed a couple other sort of minor things again uh, that were not Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that there wasn't a forced sort of romance between him and Ilsa. Like yeah. there was maybe some some sexual tension, but there wasn't like a like there wasn't like they hug at the end. And I yeah. liked that. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't right. want She did ask him to run away with him though. I think she said did she say to run away or just like like Come get out me. of it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't it know if it was romantic. I felt it was, it was romantic. It was romantic. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel it was romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Lady yeah. opinions. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit out of. Dudes never though. know when girls are hitting on yeah, them. Yeah, see, that's so the thing. I even no Tom Cruise <laughs> couldn't. He's like, "What? We no, got to no. do this thing." You and I couldn't tell. We. <laughs> oh, maybe he knew. Not yeah. without his agent there. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. But I just enjoyed it. Like at the end, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna kiss," and like whatever. And I was just like, "Oh, they're." I, I think what was interesting about her character is, and if you think about the rest of the females that appear in Mission Impossible is they do a big job of like somewhat sexualizing the females in, in the film. And, and they even do that in this film. But but I feel that the, on the other side of it, she seems way more capable than anyone. In she the seems like the, the best female character in these movies that yeah. I can remember. And I felt like that that's a great thing about this movie too. It was very well cast in that she's pretty, I mean, we, we looked her up. She's, hasn't really been in much other than a lot of Swedish stuff. Yeah. And, but she was, you could tell that she was cast mostly just for her action abilities. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And she was good. And her vulnerability. Like she did a really, really good job of being vulnerable. She did a great like quadruple agent. I feel yeah. like, because you didn't quite know where she's, st- that was the only plot point actually, now that we're talking about it, that remotely interested me. Like it, I was always like, oh, I really can't. And it wasn't yeah. because of a bad script or a bad acting. Cause I really can't tell if she's doing this to help Tom Cruise or if she's turned or if she's like for like the whole middle part of the film until, I mean, there's obviously a point where, you know, yeah. but th- for a while I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird because you, a bitter film would have made that the central thing. Yeah. You know, sure. like, like it's just, it's, it's funny because this film hangs so much on being a franchise, on being an action movie, on being Tom Cruise, that all the plot stuff gets all a bit wishy-washy. So instead you get the villain that talks like this and the <laughs> things and goes and it's going to get How, you the money. It, what, it's, it just, if there's a secret, you know, like these, these, these are cookie cutter films and they're all looking for the secret formula. And it seems to me that the secret formula is like the Marvel Phil- logo. No, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's the secret form. He's the secret ingredient. You know, like he's he's the thing that makes it work. And it's like, you know, when you're casting your bad guy, look for a Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think I think in this film, they, they I mean, they knew that the bad guy wasn't important. Like right. they knew that. And maybe, it's not like they were like, we're gonna get this great bad guy, and then it fell flat. It, it was oh, we don't care about this, and no one else will. It's probably there's probably a correlation between like what they do that's successful versus the box office takes. I'm sure. You know, like like Science. which 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 one has got more uh you know, which one makes more mo- mo- money than the others. So, so we got we got about 10 minutes left on this beast. Uh oh, oh, Shahir made a face. What was the face for Shahir? You're looking at his he's looking at his computer intently. It says here Mission Impossible 2 was the highest grossing. That yeah. probably makes sense. Because Adjusted everyone was so a, hopped up on one, and then everyone loved John Woo those so, days. So, so you know what I just said—the secret ingredient is Philip Seymour Hoffman—probably doesn't hold true. It, because well, it, of, I, the, of the four that existed before this, Mission Impossible Three is the lowest monetarily. Of course, it doesn't. But look at what makes money: Paul Blart Mall Cop made sense. a metric fuck ton of money, and you can't you know. It's funny the 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 box office numbers are pretty much the exact opposite of how all of us ranked the film. Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. Welcome to the discerning opinion. No, it's just it's. I mean, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you play. Look, you play to the lowest common denominator. You're going to get the most bang for your buck, or the most buck for your bang. Is Mission really Impossible how it would be. Two is like the highest grossing. That's insane to me. Doesn't he? Doesn't he sound a little hurt? Yeah, I do. I feel. I feel very. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation, Mission Impossible 1 is the highest grossing. Whoa. 
But but unadjusted, Mission Impossible Two made the most money. That's insane. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got to think about the economy at the time. I mean, there's other ah. factors that go into it. It's not just also, about the film. Also, Mission Impossible Two probably had one of the best trailers. Uh, I don't remember. Also, mm-hmm. had the worst theme song. No, it was the link. It was Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. But that was a cool trailer. Yeah, it was like, but it was Limp Biscuit doing the Mission Impossible theme. Even yeah. back when I liked Limp Biscuit, when I was like twelve or whatever, yeah, uh, th- I was like, "This is awful." <laughs> uh, I, I'm flabbergasted right now because because well, everything sorry. everything that I think is true about movies is not. Uh, that's the whole <laughs> point of this show. I've been trying <laughs> to tell to tell you that. Yeah, and we we've seen that true because I I didn't like Jurassic World and it made a metric ton of money. But you also didn't like Terminator Genesis and that made no money. Yeah, so maybe. So we're, I, I still have work to do, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so bottom line, just sort of wrapping up because this is supposed to be about Mission Impossible, we but you barely talked about it. You made a good point. You're like, what are we going to talk about? Because it's so cookie cutter and so it's the quintessential current action movie. Like, and you probably know what that means, and you've probably sort of seen it. So. And and I th- and you're gonna hate me as soon as I say this. It's kind of like the Marvel movies. I mean, we only have ten minutes here. Yeah. I don't think that it's <laughs> it's it's it is and it isn't. Yeah. Um, and the way I'll just sort of say that is what I really respected about Ant Man, which we didn't talk about, is I'm it didn't try it. to keep building the stakes up and it didn't try to like do what the Avengers are trying to do. Like right. even when when Age of Ultron came out, it's not as good as the first one because it's starting to feel like oh this is ridiculous and it's sort of like all sort of too big for itself and blah blah. blah. Ant Man was nice because it went back and sort of was like this is a heist movie about this one superhero who's doing a thing. And yeah, they had their tie-in moments for the fanboys like me that really enjoy it. But you can enjoy it sort of on its own and it's it feels small. Yeah. Even though it's called Ant Man, whatever. Yeah. Intended. So, but like, yes. <laughs> but with this, this is not. <sighs> this formula is still like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I feel like Marvel's sort of realizing, like, oh crap, we can't keep doing this because mm-hmm. people will get shell shocked and just sort of like, ugh, whatever. So yeah. they're going to try to do different things. Like Doctor Strange, which is coming out, is going to be sort of like a horror movie, a psychedelic sort of weird, like darker you know otherworldly film which i hope it is because if they do another origin nonsense bullshit movie then that's when it's going to start failing regardless (laughs) i think i think mission impossible uh overall i do think if you if you're a fan of either tom cruise or just you want to see a really good example of an action film you should go see it i mean I, i think i think the first well okay for me the first part of what you said is true okay i agree i think you should go see it i i had a good time yeah. 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 I mean, I agree. If you like Tom Cruise, if you like the other Mission Impossible movies, go see it. It was a fun amusement park ride. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're going for, right? I, I would go see it if you like Tom Cruise. <laughs> now, okay. Now, <laughs> I, th- just to finish this up, we've all sort of said the same thing. Whereas it's you, go see it if you like this and you like this. But but if if you like good movies, maybe don't go see it. <laughs> well, but it is a good movie. Is it? Yeah. Is yes. it? Just because just because it's cookie cutter and we know it and we're familiar with the territory, this is something that we've argued with a bunch before. It is a good movie. It's not a... <laughs> it's not a bad I, I, movie. For, for those you can't see, it, I, I do this face twinge when I look at when Matt says something. It's, I just not, did it. it's not a bad movie. It's better than average. <laughs> so therefore, Shahir, what is it? It's... Wait, is it a movie? It's a good g- g- word. It's a good movie. G- g- you can say it. You're not going to lose any indie cred. It's a gross. No, it's a. 
I, I, He's not going to say it. I no, because look, it's <laughs> it's not. You know, here's what, and here's why. It's because of the second word that you said in there. Average movie. It's not a movie. No, I'm pretty sure it's a movie. No, I don't think it is. It's a it's it's a what series it? of scenes strung together that are there for the sole purpose of like exciting you. I don't think that's a movie. It's I an think action movie. It's you it's just, got just an action movie. No, but it's an amusement. I, I think Shivali said it is. It's an amusement park ride. If this was like. On a that's, roller coaster. That, that's what a lot of movies are, and that's why most of, most people go to see a movie. I don't. I, I mean, I, not everyone's. I don't think it's a movie. I think it's a franchise. It, before it's a movie, it's a franchise. It's a vehicle for an action movie uh, for for a star. It's you know, like to me, a movie has to do with a story that I'm interested in, or a story that like a story told well. That that's a good movie to me, and I and I don't think this is that. That's it. I'm I'm less I'm less offended by. Oh boy, here we go. Movie, <laughs> a story or event recorded by a camera as a set of moving images and shown in a theater or television. A motion picture. I, th- I think it's a movie. She here. It's a movie. <laughs> oh, you guys are taking this very literally. I think. I think. I think the. Is it philosophically of, not a movie? Is that I, what you're saying? I, I don't. I think it's. I think it's a series of scenes. That's showing in it. It's a series of scenes, and <laughs> right. it's like, and like you could watch them out of order. You could watch them individually. But you could we, watch them on YouTube. But we didn't. We watched them in order. But you could take any of your films that you think are a movie and watch them out of order too. No, but I think this film in particular is just a series of set pieces, and it's and they're not bad set pieces. I can I like I said the underwater. So judging by the definition on <laughs> Webster.com, and oh, judging you're that pulling you said- debate 101 tactics right now, which yes. is like Webster's dictionary defines a movie as <laughs> because you're, you're saying the thing that's making 140 something million dollars in box offices worldwide isn't a movie. <laughs> but that's I, also the same for Mall Cop. Yeah, it's but Mall Cop's a movie. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. But I, I agree what you're saying. Like, how Wait, who do you agree with? Cheer. Why? <laughs> because he's he's saying that how a story is told, he cares about the story and how it is told. And given the fact that Mission Impossible, it doesn't care about the story. It doesn't care about the story at it all. Doesn't it doesn't have to. But I agree with you that in order to make a movie like how that story, like I do agree with that. <laughs> but even if you were to change around the scenes or whatever, it's still telling that story, but just in a very roundabout yeah, way. Yeah, roundabout it doesn't really way. Matter, but and to me, that still makes a movie. Okay. Okay. And. And but we would pro- like we agree that like the first scene has no place in this movie. It's just a cool scene. Right? Sure. Like they they loosely tie it together like one with one line. They're like you know it justified the existence of this what twenty million dollars on screen. Sure. Um. But like but but that's not that's not how a movie should be made, is it? That, oh, that's now, not now we're getting into how movies no, no, should that's, be that's made. Not, that's My not television what sh- making mind says always start with the strongest stuff. Like that's how I make. A television show, right? And so that's how I would do it. I, I call that the cold open. Yeah, but but it was a. It's a I cold mean, that op- was that movie's cold open. It was a cold open, but it was unrelated to the film. It's yeah, like but, matter, cold, but cold opens can be unrelated to, to the thing that they're they're heading up. It's to introduce you to certain aspects of the film, let you know the attention. style of what to expect. I mean, do we not know what to expect with Mission Impossible by the fifth time out? No, but it, again, <laughs> it might be getting stale, so we need something big to rope people back in. I, anyway, <laughs> we are running out of time. I don't think I'm going to convince Shahir that this thing we all saw no, in a movie theater is a movie. It's it's here's here's the thing is I actually I I liked this more than Jurassic World. Is or, Jurassic World a movie? I think Jurassic World probably tells more of a story. You're not answering not the question. Well. 
I, I just, there's this so... Just tell me, I'm not even going to say anything, <laughs> just tell me if Jurassic World's a movie and we'll wrap it up. Is Jurassic World a movie? Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. So you judge all that for yourself at home. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. First of all, uh, ladies, thank you so much for coming on and basically, li- li- you know. Well, any final thoughts? Yeah. Li- like listening to Matt and I argue about, <laughs> Robin, you said your piece. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I just wanted to point out one more thing is that my favorite thing about the the, the cold open, I will call it, is that uh, Benji is in the field and he's on this tablet and it's all in Russian. He's trying to open the doors and everything's in Russian. He's just like, and then it cuts to the front of the plane and, and the uh, Russian guy. Yeah, and the Russian guy. And then he looks at the button and it's all in English saying like <laughs> back door. <laughs> There's a lot of ridiculous stuff in this movie. Right. Like that. That's an action movie to Wait, me. So so the just one thing, the underwater sequence, like is that how people put in like like passcodes into a computer? Yeah, I, I wanted to know about that as well. Is is data stored? Underwater? Is this like a thing? Is there this are well, we don't know about. Here's the thing: data itself is not stored underwater, but there are supercomputers that are cooled, cooled in that way. So that makes sense, right? So, but you would what would happen with a lot of those things is you'd have this big turbine in the center, but you wouldn't have the cards in <laughs> the water. It would be on the opposite side of the walls where you could get to it dry. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's, like how do how do the, they change the cards? The back <laughs> like, door of yeah, it. Yeah, what's the fun in that though? Come on. Yeah, the walk in. I actually I actually liked that sequence because it it had like you know like it was that. It reminded me of what was cool about the first in Mission Impossible One, the the you know the famous sequence where he's breaking into the CIA office, sure, yeah. where it's silent and there's like we can't make any sound, and then there's like a bead of sweat that and and you can't touch the floor, and there's a bead of sweat that starts falling yeah, down. No, it felt like that, the first one. Yeah, that that's sure. you know like stakes. Yeah, and because he's a little older now, um, he you know struggled with the holding his breath. Yeah, yeah, I like that about that was sort it of as well. Consistent. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Apparently he Maybe it's a did movie. Maybe it's a movie. Really? Like, apparently, apparently, I don't know. I read something. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's, it makes uh, th- I'm reminded of a good quote Danny Trejo said, which Ooh. is like, Danny Trejo on doing his own stunts, he's like, I'm not going to be some jackass trying to prove my masculinity when a, when a $50 million movie is at stake and other people's jobs rely on me living. And I, and I, I, while I, I like that Tom Cruise does his own stunts, like I, I kind of am reminded of the Danny Trejo's counterpoint, which is that if I break my leg on this movie, everyone is out of work for a little bit. Yeah, but they could. Unless you're Jackie Chan and you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, that, that, that's, it is kind of a factor. You, you like now the case is Tom Cruise's stunts sell the movie. So that's fine. But if it wasn't the case and he broke his leg. The movie. The stuff. difference with Danny Trejo and Tom Cruise is, is kind it, of what you're saying is this movie wouldn't exist if Tom Cruise wasn't there, yeah. and therefore, and we can't get people into the theater unless Tom Cruise is doing something awesome. So you need that. Yeah. Whereas Danny Trejo's movies exist because Robert Rodriguez really likes him, yeah. and I really like him, and three other people really like him. So we go see it, and it's not even remotely on that budget. So I could see that, like, yeah, of course, Danny and Danny Trejo's like sixty something. Yeah, yeah. He so, just he just made this interesting comment, yeah, which is no. like everyone talks about like I did true. my own stunts, I yeah. did my own stunts. Why would you? And he's like, well. Get a stunt person to do it because, you know, people yeah. need to live. Okay, so final thought, Shivali, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. It doesn't even have to be go see it or not. Just what what what's your final word you want to say about this movie? Classic Tom Cruise. <laughs> classic Tom Cruise. Robin. Very classic action film. Okay, Shahir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go see it if you really want to. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. And my <laughs> th- final thing is, Alec Baldwin's forgotten to play anyone else but, but Jack, Alec. Jack Donaghy. Jack Donaghy. <laughs> That's all he knows how to play. That's it. That's it. Go see the movie. It's fun. 
it has Tom Cruise. And if you like fun or Tom Cruise, I think you should go see it. So anyway, uh, this has been the only podcast about not movies, apparently. We talked about almost every other movie. We talked so much around Mission Impossible. It's just not a, it's not a movie. That's what Shahir is saying. Uh, anyway. I feel like this is going to haunt me. Oh, it will. Shahir, where can people find you outside of this movie, non-movie thing? Uh, you can go to my website, www.shahirdad.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. All right. And you can find me at MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com, Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram, and Emperor MSK on Twitter. Ladies, is there anything where you'd like people to find you, or if you'd like, do you want to plug something? No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty good. Staying anonymous. All right, yeah, fair enough. I just want to give the option. You never know. <laughs> you guys could have uh, international syndicates. Syndicates. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this has been the only podcast about movies. Uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Also, email us in at uh, what's our email? Only Movie Podcast at Gmail, or we have a Twitter handle at Only Movie Pod. That is right. And there's uh, still this week is two movie tickets. We're getting sad about these tickets. You got to get here. You got to take them. We Literally, have listeners. Anyone who emails us, anyone, <laughs> we have. We can see you're listening. Not we a can, lot of people, but more than one, which would be an email to get a movie <laughs> ticket and talk about a movie. So get on it. What are you doing? <laughs> We anyway, didn't get, we didn't get movie tickets, did we? No, not at all. Anyway, this has been the, the show, guys. Uh, bum, <laughs> bum, 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 oh no, I'm taking bum, us out bum, with the Limp Biscuit song. It's uh, gonna be awful. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate starfish. <laughs>